marketing is exactly like building friendships. You have to give without the expectation of giving back. And it, it's, it's weird how it works, but by doing that, that, that's how you start getting results. That's how you start driving people into your clinic. So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hello, welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast. This is your host, Aaron LeBauer, and... Welcome to the show. Today, my special guest is Jordan Mather. Jordan is, um, ironically enough, not a physical therapist, but he runs PT Misfits with his partner, Max Zerbel, and they help physical therapists learn to market directly to patients and market get their marketing message out there. And I'll let, you tell, let him tell you a little bit more about what he does. So welcome to the show, Jordan. I really appreciate you being here. Hey, hey, thank you so much for having me. I've been a long time fan of the show. I've actually, uh, I've caught one of your shows like three years ago. It was uh, a neur- uh, neurology series with Julie Hirschberg. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's, she was actually the first uh, PT that I ever interviewed. So I've been watching the show for a long time. And thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. It's awesome. So you're not a PT, but people might think, oh, you are a PT. So like, how'd you get into like helping physical therapists? Like where, where did that start? Right. So I actually have a really interesting story. So it started back uh, when I first uh, got into college when I was 19. Me and, uh, me and Max actually went to school together and we built software for the school to replace paper systems. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our friends were in the kinesiology program. And one day they're just ranting about how bad and dumb paper exercise programs were. So we're like, well, let's just build an app for that. And then we did. And then we got connected with the local health sports medicine uh, health system that was right in town. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that was a, obviously a huge client. And so we started this software company called Health Snaps. And then we got a bunch of funding. And then we ran a physical therapy software company for four or five years. <clears throat> then eventually, we started doing marketing for the people that were buying our software and just realized we had a knack for it. And we enjoyed doing it a lot more because software is like the most frustrating thing in the world. <laughs> so i um, been working exclusively with physical therapists ever since just because that's where our friends are. That's what we enjoy doing. That's awesome. Um, it's reminds me of like one of my other guests, Rick Lau, he's an engineer and his friends in, uh, in university were physios. And so he started physio yeah. with them. So <laughs> exactly. Um, what, uh, well, I think I told you once that I built uh, two HTML websites back in 94, 95. Yep. <laughs> yep. The good stuff. Some so HTML that was, that CSS. Was back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Those were, those were dark times. <laughs> yeah. So when was, when was back in the day for you? When, was, when did you get out of college? When was all this? Uh, I got out of college in 2015. So, yeah. I, yeah, so I've... Um, now I've been living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, working just from my laptop, self-employed since I was 19. That my last job was a computer technician fixing people's computers. Then wow. ever since I quit that job and managed to keep myself uh, solo, which is nice. You're crushing it. So did you even finish college or you like say, I'm going to go do this other thing? You know, I, 
I lie to a lot of people and say that I did just because I don't like the confrontation of it. But no, um, I got accepted into a uh, one of the top ranked business accelerator programs my senior year that gave us a bunch of funding, moved us across the country. And uh, I, it was a really hard decision. But all my professors told me, it's like, you know, you know this stuff. We know you know this stuff. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You have to go and do that. So I did that. And then when I got back, you know, I already ran a marketing agency. I had a company. I knew what I was doing. And instead of giving my money to the school, I'd rather give my money to people like you, the people that I idolize that are the best in the world at what I want to do. Because one, it's way cheaper than tuition. And two, you learn the things that are actually working today. And so I couldn't rationalize going back. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's awesome. And, you know, I think it's taboo, but a lot of people think, well, I have to go to college, I have to get a degree and to earn money. But, you know, my coach didn't finish college and he's crushing all of us. You know, Bedros, he's got one of the top 500 fastest growing franchises in the world. Um, he, uh, I mean, he, he talks about this all the time. He didn't even want his kids to go to college. He's like, they don't need to, because it's not what real life is these days, unless you want an advanced degree like physical therapy, physician, dentist, you know, you need something exactly. you need something like that. And then, um, but if you just want to go into business, like you don't really need, like, like I didn't learn any of this stuff in college. The only thing I learned, my, my public speaking class was probably the, the one class. Right. right. And my, my thing was, I mean, I went to school for business and marketing, originally software engineering, but those are all things that you have to learn everything on your own anyway. Professors mm -hmm. just reading out of a textbook or off some slides. And I was building a company throughout this whole time and nothing that I was learning in business school or even in the entrepreneurship program was helping me do that. Yeah. So it made, it made no sense to me and yeah, it's taboo, yeah. but I know. Well, that's awesome, man. You know, like the other piece of this is I want to tell you is, um, was when I went to Bedros's event last year, fitness business summit, I'm sitting in a room and there was, I was sitting next to Rick who I mentioned before and his friend Daryl and Kareem and we're, Rick's going to engineer and Daryl and Kareem are physios and we were the most highly educated people in the room and I'm sitting there and going like we're probably uh, of all the people in the room there were probably 20 30 others that were doing more with their had bigger businesses generating more revenue helping more people than than we were just sitting there and we're like so an advanced degree that's when I realized that's not the thing that's going to give me the success it's going to give me the skill to do to treat patients in a certain way, but not the impact. Right. One of my favorite quotes of all times, Albert Einstein, is like the only thing getting in the way of my uh, of my learning is my education. Mm -hmm. And it's like that's 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 really really true. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so started this business. Uh, you guys had a software business, Health Snaps. Right. Yep. Right? Um, what happened to that? Was that like, I mean, is it still around? Did you sell it? Right. Did, it did it disappear? I mean, what? It's on a shelf right now collecting dust because uh, we, I mean, we ran it for, you know, four or five years and right at the peak of when it was finally starting to take off, we realized that, you know, we're kind of keeping it alive just because we're really stubborn and we don't give up on like anything. And then when it started to actually make money, we realized it's like, okay, if we actually make this work, do we actually want to run, build, run this company? And we really didn't because we were really passionate about doing marketing and helping people, helping other entrepreneurs make money online because it, it, 
it's way less stressful and it's a lot more fun. Yeah. So we decided to just um, let our other partners run with the company and Max and I stepped away to start PT Misfits uh-huh. and um, the rest is history. They ended cool. up putting it away. So okay. it's on a shelf if anyone wants it. Just waiting. <laughs> I mean, is it like for sale or is it just still generating revenue or is it just kind of out there? No, it's, it's not generating revenue. We completely pulled it off, told all the clients that we weren't going to be supporting it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anyone wanted to buy it, we'd definitely sell it. But I think especially when, you know, all of our courses and everything's keep going in the direction they're going in, we'll definitely start playing with software again at some point. So maybe we'll bring it back to life at some point. Yeah, right on. Okay, so you've got health snaps right. and now it's shelved. So how that, I mean, that can't be an easy decision. And what was it that you guys discovered that was a better opportunity or something that people actually wanted or needed more? Right. So, I mean, putting it, putting it away was the hardest decision I ever made because that was, I mean, we, we slept on couches. We went hungry for that business. You know, that was, that was, we bled that company. Um, so putting it away was really hard, but what made us discover that we loved marketing, um, was, when we were testing a different model with health snaps instead of selling it to clinics, which your software company, it is really hard to sell to clinics. Um, we decided to try to sell it directly to consumers mm-hmm. and we found we were really successful at doing that. And then we, you know, realized how quickly we could build audiences of new clients that need physical therapy. And so we started selling leads to clinics by doing that. And then, uh, that's how we started doing marketing for one of the clinics I was using our software and we we're doing really, really well for them. So we realized like it's way more exciting to get gratification much faster than a software company does. Mm-hmm. And we just love doing it. It's just a, it's a fun game. You're literally building businesses at scale. And that, that's a lot of fun for us. Yeah, that's awesome. So you got in with one, one clinic and then you realized like this was a need. It was fun. And you said, okay, this is working. Let's double down and, and scale this part. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. awesome. That's awesome. What? Um, so, would you? Is it fair to say you're a serial entrepreneur? Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For the rest of my life, I, I'll never do anything else. Yeah, and you're unemployable. Yes, definitely. At this point, <laughs> how do you know that? Like, why? Like, why could? Why could that never happen? Why couldn't I ever hire you? We could definitely work together uh, <laughs> um, because. One, I just need, if I have an idea, it's really hard for me to take it out of my mind. I need to go and pursue something. Yeah. And if I feel a certain way about something that someone disagrees with, I have to be able to go and do what I think is right. You know, I, like I'm a, I'm a person that follows my gut 100%, even if it seems kind of dumb. I've made a lot of dumb decisions doing that, but uh, it's gotten me to where I am. And I just want the freedom of being able to make my own decisions, um, whether, you know, for good or for better or for worse, you know? Yeah. What's the um, toughest decision you ever made that didn't work out the way you planned it? Ooh, uh, toughest decision I ever made. Um, I had to um, let go of two of my best friends. Mm -hmm. Um, One was... Uh, a software engineer, brilliant guy. Um, but then I, he just wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. And I ended up having to like sit both of them down and tell them like, we have, we have to let you go. And, um, I learned very quickly. It's if you're going to let people go, don't do it to both of them in the same room. Cause they both should have been handled very, very differently. Right. Um, and that, that was, that was a really, really hard thing, but also shutting down health snaps was so hard for me, but I learned that 
Um, just because you've spent a lot of time on something doesn't mean that you should just keep dragging it out because, you know, it's, yeah. it's better to move on and start working on something that's not sucking the life out of you than to continue doing that thing. Yeah. So would you say like, did those both work out the way that you wanted or was it like really like letting go of your friends? Like you, like that was the one that you was like, I should have done it a different way, but I had to do it anyways. Yeah, I definitely should have did it uh, another way. But what, what was really surprising was one, one of the friends, he took it really, really hard. And then our relationship was kind of over after that. And I regret that a lot. Um, but the other one, he ended up staying on because he took it as wow. It, it lit a fire under him. Yeah. So, um, it, he ended up performing really, really well. He was a physio here in uh, Wisconsin and he ended up getting us into a couple of different uh, practices after that. So sometimes you just got to light a fire under someone with a little mm-hmm. bit of tough love, uh, but definitely never fire someone, two people in the same room because everyone needs to be handled differently. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good one. I think, you know, and one of the things I want to get to is, is, is uh, a lot of people have trouble making decisions and, they'll agonize over something that's not even as important as those two decisions for right. months or weeks or years. I mean, and then it's like, uh, once I made it, I was like, Oh, that was easy. And then there are actually some things that you can do and you wouldn't do it the right way, but next time you do it differently. Exactly. Um, what's the, uh, what's the best decision you've made so far? Starting PT misfits. Yeah. Um, once, cause I, I was working um, on health snaps and I was working with UpDoc and um, what ultimately, you know, we knew that we had to just go and do things on our own cause we wanted to do things our way. Mm-hmm. And the second that we just dropped all these other projects, the amount of stress in our lives just decreased so much. We're, we're the happiest we've ever been in the, you know, seven years that we've been building companies and, you know, our, our, every single day, we basically wake up, go to our whiteboard and be like, what do we want to knock out today? What's our goal this week? Yeah. And then we just do it. That's awesome. And it's, it's the best life you could ever have. So starting, stepping away from projects that meant a lot to us, mm-hmm. but were causing a lot of stress in our life, stress in our life, making that call was really hard, but that was the best decision we've ever made because now we're happier than ever making good money. Dude, that's awesome. So tell me about what's PT Misfits? What does it stand for? And like, what do you guys do? What do you guys do? Well, obviously we're not PTs, so we are misfits and we've kind of always felt that way, but the ac- it's actually an acronym. So it stands for marketing, innovation, sales funnels, and information technology. The three things that we're incredibly passionate about and that we love working on. So, uh, so PT misfits, we basically, we originally did done for you marketing. So Facebook ads, Google ads, concept called the dream 100. Um, but then we started doing coaching. So now we do have a couple online programs where we help physical therapy business owners learn how to drive traffic uh, through multiple different channels and how to actually create offers to get people to buy their stuff. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And you're talking about like clinics or people with online businesses or something else? Uh, it's mostly clinics. We do work with a couple online businesses that sell like research items, um, uh, which, which is a lot of fun too, but primarily we work with uh, clinic owners. Yeah. What's the um, number one thing most clinic owners are doing wrong in regards to their marketing? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. And we, we just launched this, this book called the thousand plus Facebook ads. And it, it makes it all of these issues stand out really, really well. So what we found after analyzing literally thousands of people's marketing 
is that people aren't talking, they don't have an avatar. They don't know who they're trying to sell to. So they're trying to sell to everybody. And right. I know a lot of people bring this, bring this up, but people really don't get that if you're marketing online, especially on platforms like Facebook or Instagram, where people are there for entertainment, people aren't there to be sold to. So if you're not creating fun, engaging and valuable content, that's speaking directly to somebody, you're never going to get them to actually stop and look at your thing. Yeah. I mean, so that, that's by far the, uh, the biggest issue. Yeah. That's awesome. Would, uh, did you guys go and like scope out our ads and put them in there? <laughs> I, I, I honestly, there are probably a couple of years in there. <laughs> so that's I, awesome. A lot of people, um, and just as you know, an agency, the things that we notice when we talk to people, a lot of people are running like Facebook ads, Google ads, uh, starting doing paid advertising out of necessity. Like mm -hmm. they, don't know how to get more people in the door and they're really not ready to do those things. You know, there, you have all these coaches that are, they're not marketing agencies, they're Facebook ad agencies. Right. So they're telling you that you need to do these things to get new clients. And that just is so far from the truth. You need to find a marketing agency that understands the very various different channels that you can get traffic from mm -hmm. that will give you good advice, not have you waste a ton of money and get no results. Right. Yeah. Facebook ads is like the sexy thing for 2018 and 2019. Right. And everyone's like, Aaron, we want to do like Facebook ads, Facebook ads. And I was like, I don't think you're I mean, really like, like when people were asking me last year, I was like, we're not running Facebook ads. I'm like why, you know, why do you want to do that? And I feel like it's a, it, people are, it's either they don't know or it's, they're trying to cheat the system. But what is it that people need to have in place before they run a Facebook ad? One, you need to actually have a budget that you're willing to spend at, at least minimum $5 a day. And even that's like tough. We also need to be in a position that you're okay with losing money on the front end because there's no template that just works on Facebook. You have to do testing, figure out what's actually working. Mm -hmm. So people need three, three primary things before they ever start doing Facebook ads, money aside. Okay. They need to have their avatar. You don't need to only have one, but you need to focus at, on one at a time, especially with Facebook and Instagram ads, mm -hmm. the avatar. You need a hook. You need something that's going to get them to actually click your thing or watch your thing. So many clinicians are just throwing out their expertise and their credentials and all these things that no one cares about. People don't buy from you because you're an expert. People buy because you understand them and you're relatable, right? And so, so many people are like trying to flex how smart they are and that they're the best with shoulders. But it's like the person that is buying from you would much rather see their buddy that just knows a little bit about shoulder, a little bit more about shoulders than they do than mm -hmm. to go to some expert that they can't connect with. Right. Yeah, right. absolutely. You know, I, I think like, I mean, here's the one thing I think I see, and you're, you kind of explain it in a little different way, but you got to know who you're, it's the market message match, right? You right. got to have that. And I, I feel like people aren't even proving that that's done through their organic traffic and they're just trying to go and dump money into Facebook and, they don't get mad at me because I don't have an agency, but they get, they, I, they tell me they're mad at their person who's teaching them how to do this. And I'm like, you don't have all these other things. Like you don't have a follow-up system. You don't have an email system. You don't have a free offer. Right. You're just trying to get people to book now. Right. So we actually push a lot of people away because they don't have those things in place. And the third thing that I didn't get to was that you have to have an offer. You know, when Facebook ads, Google ads, Instagram ads, when those things don't work, it is never the ads. Ads are really freaking easy. 
But the reason people don't buy is because your hook either didn't interest them or your offer just sucks. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. So it's the avatar, which is the person, you know, like you know who your person is and you can describe them. The hook to get people interested to stop and watch and click. Right. right? But you got to watch and then you got to hook them to click. Mm-hmm. Right. And then once they get there, it's got to be a congruent page that's got a similar message, not something completely different. Right. Exactly. So the hook is basically the content in this, in this case, which is always value-based content. And then the, when they get to most people will have a really good content, have a really good hook, then they'll get to their website, which doesn't talk to the hook at all. They have a very general front end offer, which is always a free eval, nothing specific to that hook, which is why no one's going to buy because people want specialists. They don't want just, you know, some person that helps everybody. Right. So if someone was looking at their own ads and going, I'm spending money on Facebook and I may or may not be getting the traffic I want, like what should they go look for to kind of analyze their own strategy to see if they're doing it right or where they're, where the holes are? So it, that's actually pretty easy. So if your ads are getting a ton of clicks and driving a lot of traffic, then it's your landing page or your offer that is the, the ultimately the issue. If your ads aren't working at all, then it's your hook and people just aren't watching like, you know, your, your content. They're, they're not interested in what you're doing. So a lot of people focus on you know, being an expert versus being relatable. And if you're doing Facebook advertising or Instagram advertising, that's, that's why it's not working. Yeah. What, uh, is it just as simple as saying, okay, I got these things, let me just throw up an ad? Or is there something else that people need to be working on or looking right. for? Another thing we notice while we're analyzing all these ads is there is uh, in a sad amount of people that um, just throw up one ad and then they complain that their ads aren't working. It's, well, you have to put up a lot of different variations and see what works. Just because one ad's working really well for someone in this market does not mean that it's gonna work on your audience in your town. Every town is unique. So any, any agency that's trying to sell you some boilerplate marketing strategy doesn't know what they're doing and they're playing a numbers game, they're not, about, they're not actually trying to get to know you and your business and your audience to create a system that works. They're just trying to pump, they know their system works you know, 60 per, 70% of the time. So they're just going to pump as many people through it. And if you get bad results, then you, you know, you're just a number. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know like running our own ads, clinic ads. I mean, I've got, I've got a guy I hired Jake. He does my Facebook ads and Facebook shuts our ads down all the time. And it's his, he even has a hard time doing it and he's knows it more than I do. And right. it, at least as well as you. And it's just like, I see that and I go, shit. And then people are trying to spend a lot of time themselves trying to figure out Facebook themselves and not getting results probably. And it changes all the time. I mean, they just added uh, a new feature. If you've run Facebook ads, you know that you can't call out to personal attributes. You can't say, do you have back pain? You can't say things like that. And now they actually added it to their algorithm when they analyze video content. You can't say it in the video either. So, I mean, we still get ads disapproved all the time, but it's about trying multiple variations and figuring out what works and working with Facebook as it grows and adapts to make a better experience for the people that are using it. Yeah. We've actually got one ad right now that got denied from uh, my Aaron LeBauer page because of the landing. It said the landing page doesn't meet the, Mm -hmm. but it's running on the cash-based physical therapist page. The same landing page (laughs) denied. We're just waiting for it to be denied, but it's been a week. 
I'm like, okay. It's, I mean, <laughs> isn't that crazy? It's inconsistent. It's, 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 it's honestly annoying because they have like machines and algorithms to analyze it. So if, if you ask for the manual review process, most of the time it actually gets, it gets approved. So. Right, right. But that's one of those things where it's like, what, what my point is, is I want people to understand that even when you have a professional Facebook ad person on there, it, they have to pay attention to it and they have to watch it. And Facebook changes the rules without really telling you. Right. right. You know, I mean, right? I mean, it's. Yeah, exactly. No, it's the, even the best marketer in the world. You can be the best Facebook marketer in the world. But if your avatar isn't, you know, exact, if your messaging isn't exact, if you have a bad offer or, you know, your website copy doesn't match what you're trying to say, mm -hmm. they, they're not going to get your results. There's a lot of factors that go into it. And of course, Facebook's always changing their stuff. So yeah. it definitely keeps us marketers on our toes. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, I mean, the thing is, is like, if my job is a physical therapist treating patients and I went to school and I know how to do that well, it's like, I'm not going to send people to YouTube to go figure out how to treat themselves. Right. And I'm not going to, you know, like, I'm not going to go waste my time trying to figure out Facebook ads. I'd rather, you know, like I need to like, you know, that's why I've hired that out right. because it's hard and it needs, it, it has like, it's one of those things where it seems simple and it's what everyone wants to do. But when people are watching, I mean, there's a lot of Facebook ads that, that I'm sure you see that you're seeing them, but you're like, why is this person targeting me? Mm -hmm. Why are they, you know, like, why am I seeing this ad over and over? Like they can't be making that, that much money on this ad. I mean, don't, do you have that? I mean, I have that. Yeah. You have that experience, right? Well, yeah, all the, all the time. And a, a lot of it is basically, I think people just like set it up and then just leave it and don't know what it's even doing. So that, that's definitely a big issue. But then people just get their targeting wrong all the time. And it's like, that is the most important thing. Like if I'm, when I'm seeing, I see a lot of like PT ads. Um, I guess I could be within their targeting, but people basically just drop a circle around their entire city and run ads to all of them and wonder why they're not getting any conversions on it. Right. right. It's being shown to the cheapest people who probably aren't the people that you want to see. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's a big issue too. Targeting people mess up their targeting all the time. Yeah. What do you guys do um, when you're running Facebook ads uh, that make them work? Like how are you like, cause I mean like there's a lot of roadblocks, but what are you guys doing that make all, that make all this work and to help get results? Right. So we actually, I mean, our systems a lot like, what PTs do with their patients. You know, there's not, like you said, there's, there's no boilerplate that makes this stuff work. You have to try things. You have to work with, um, you know, different, different angles towards their audience. So what we do is we define, okay, here's four of your most profitable favorite people for you to work with your avatars. Okay. And we, um, determine, okay, what messaging is going to work best for these people. And we do what's called rapid fire testing essentially. So we test which avatar is going to be the most effective on Facebook. Who's the most, um, uh, who's the most active. And then we test, okay, what hooks are going to work the best for these people? What's going to drive the most clicks. And only once we know which avatar is most profitable, what hooks speak to them the best, then we start testing, you know, various offers. So we have a very defined system that's different for every single clinic we work with because every clinic and every community is vastly different. Even if you're going after back pain patients, it's yeah. still very different. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, how do you, this is what I'm trying to figure out. How do I pixel a patient when they walk in my door? 
<laughs> okay, so um, there's actually a, a way of doing this, but it's not perfect. There's a, there's a thing called um, offline conversion tracking. Yeah. So you can basically upload your entire patient list, uh, everyone that comes in the door, if you have their email, you can mm -hmm. upload that into Facebook and make an audience based on those. Then you can also make lookalike audiences based on those. And then you can also see if that person um, ever interacted with one of your ads. They might not have signed up through your website or um, through your website or through your ad, but you can track and see if they actually interacted with it and that's what led them walking through your door. Ah, so you basically, you take your email list, you can upload it to Facebook and then uh, Facebook will just kind of run a, run a calculation against the list or is there like a, you have to go to the online, offline conversion tracking like section and, and say, hey, run, run this. Yeah, you, you do have to go to the offline conversion tracking to see if those people actually interacted with your ads. But uh, to upload them as an audience, that's a completely different, uh, different set. Right. Okay. So it's not, you're not making an audience. You're just uploading them for this offline conversion tracking. Right. But I would do both because it's right. obviously really valuable to have uh, those yeah. audiences to be able to target. Oh, that's good. Because uh, it's been two years since I've been in the Facebook ads manager. So, you know, at the time I was like, Shh, I guess this is new. It's changed a ton. Um, so that's awesome to know because that's one thing that's been hard. It's like, I know my ads work because patients say they see us on Facebook and we run ads and we get more people. And it's like, I, if I sell something online, I can, I can fire a pixel, <laughs> but mm -hmm. I can't really fire like the pixel doesn't fire when they book an appointment with us or pay, right. you know? Right. So that's and awesome. I want to, I want to step back for a second because yeah. uh, the explanation I gave of what's an effective way to run Facebook ads is kind of techno badly. So I want to bring yeah. it back for a second. Um, so what works? Okay. Once you know what avatar you want to target, you need to do things like Google searches, keywords, things that they would look up, see what types of research that they're actually Googling and start making content around those things, right? Write down a bunch of really good hooks. And if people want, you know, good hooks, I, I'm happy to help you write some, mm -hmm. but you need to start putting out as much content as possible, video content. Okay. And once you have ones that people engage with really well on your, on your personal page, your business page, that, then you know, that's something that's worth promoting, promote it. And then retarget those video views. It's about creating as much value up front to initialize that relationship. And then, you know, you can target retarget them with an actual promotion or an offer based on what videos they watched and how much of those videos they watched. Yeah. So that, that's the system that we use to test hooks and offers. So, and you're basically saying deliver value first and, uh, ask out, you know, ask a few times later. Yeah. Cause people marketing, <laughs> all marketing is, is building relationships. All right. If someone just walks up to you on the street and offers you a flyer, you, if you do take that flyer, it's going directly in the trash, but it, it's people overcomplicate marketing. All marketing is, is trying to start a friendship a relationship. And yeah. when you focus and your mission is genuinely to help them, your odds of getting them to convert, convert into one of your offers is so much higher. That's awesome. So tell me, like, what's it? What's an offer and how's that different than a hook or what's a hook? What's an offer? Okay. How do they differ? So a hook is what gets you, um, what actually gets someone to stop scrolling, click on what you do or, or watch your video. So it, it's a headline. It's the first line in your copy. It's the first words out of your mouth. When you start a video, a lot of people start with, I'm Dr. So-and-so at this clinic. And you know, those first five seconds, if you don't hook them with something, they're gone. 
So we use an analogy where if you bury the hook, you can't catch a fish. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the hook is, you know, first thing that you say, like, um, um, little known thing about how to relieve your pain without painkillers. Really basic, ugly hook made up on the spot, but it's a hook. Okay. So then an offer and everyone, an offer and a service or an offer and a product are not the same thing. Okay. An offer is a bundle of value given to somebody. Okay. So it's not physical therapy. It's, it's not a free evaluation. It's things like uh, we talked about, um, during our call in our group where it, you take, um, say, let's say in an eval, right? You do four different steps. You analyze, you know, their, their range of motion, their strength, and then you take all those different steps that you do during that evaluation and you break it into different things. So instead of just getting an eval, you get a, a CrossFit full body diagnostic. Right. Sounds way better. You, and then you break down all the different things that they're getting. So the perceived value is so much higher. So an offer is a bundle of products. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's the thing that's saying instead of just buy now, it's uh, learn. Uh, you know, click here to find the link below to learn more about how you can get the CrossFit full body diagnostic, where you'll learn what's wrong, how long it's going to take you to fix it, and yeah. you know exactly where the problem is, so you can lift heavier, stronger, faster, and get a PR, something like that. Exactly. So you take a group of products, you break it down, make you know break it in as many different separate things. So you can, it's like a three stage diagnostic. So it sounds like they're getting a lot more than just an eval. And so many, so many people are losing money because they they just are selling evals and that's not, there's nothing sexy about an eval. No, there's not. Uh, no, but I want to know what's wrong with me. That's the thing is like, what's in it for people? Like we have to think about what is in it for me. So, um, is there like a formula for creating a hook or a headline for like a post or a blog post or a video or something like that? Yeah. So, um, th- I mean, there's millions of different, like, te- if you just look up like hook templates, you'll get lists and lists of different ways that you can just like play with these proven hooks that are going to work really well. But basically what you need is you need to call out a very, very specific person. You need to call out a very specific problem and suggests a very simple solution mm-hmm. something that's like that calls out like i have this problem every day so if it's a headache something like you know um, here's how to cure headaches naturally or you know something along the lines where it's like okay i have headaches i want to i'm sick of taking advil every single day you know something really easy that calls out to them suggests a solution and really pokes at their problem oh that's awesome how much did you poke at their problem a lot, but you got to remember to let them off the hook. So if, if yeah. they're like someone, if you're selling weight loss, you want to point out that you got to lose freaking weight. <laughs> you know, you got to make them like feel a little bad, but then right after that hook, you got to say, but it's not your fault. Here's some market statistics and, you know, make them feel, feel the pain, but let them off the hook for it. Yeah. Otherwise you're just going to push them all away. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's a good point, but you, you got to do that. You got to agitate the problem. Right. So tell us like, when does someone become, you know, I think here's part of the, I don't want to make this all about Facebook, but Facebook is such a good example, but it's like, there's, there, there's people out there on Facebook. There's people out there in your town in, in, in uh, Milwaukee, right? right? You're in Milwaukee, right? Or yeah. Suburb of Milwaukee, but Wauwatosa. 
Wauwatosa. Wauwatosa. I never did a bike race there. I used to go race in Milwaukee every summer. No kidding, really? Yeah, it was called the International Super Week. Oh, yeah. No, no I, I, they, there's a, like a... Now it's called Tour of America's Dairyland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was like three weeks. We, I, I raced in Waukesha, Kenosha, um, Schlitz Park, um, Green Bay, uh, you know, all these places. That's yeah. nuts, man. Let me know when you're back in town. <laughs> well, I don't raise bikes anymore, but yeah, I'll let you know. Come visit um, anyway. <laughs> but so there's, but there's, there's people that are my customers and there's people that aren't my customers. Right. How do I get them from not knowing me to knowing me and how do we categorize them in a, in a marketing sense? You right. Know, so obviously right? people, cold, cold, warm, hot leads. And can you just like walk us through that process? Exactly. So there's various stages of the buying cycle, right? If people don't know who you are, it's going to require a lot more work to warm them up into a point where they're ready to buy from you. So this is where a really strong content strategy comes. It becomes very, very important. Okay. So you need people today. If you're trying to get people online, you need to be posting good, valuable content. So um, it basically uh, for cold content, you just know people have bad problems, give them all the tools that they need to help themselves. Okay. You gotta be selfless with it. You gotta genuinely try to help people solve it on their own. And that sounds counterintuitive, but as you know, as a PT, most people aren't going to be able to help themselves. So you have to build that trust by giving value without the expectation of getting anything back. Mm -hmm. And if you're marketing in a way where people can smell that you're only doing this to try to get money from them, nobody's ever going to come to you. So just marketing is exactly like building friendships. You have to give without the expectation of giving back and it's, it's weird how it works, but by doing that, that, that's how you start getting results. That's how you start driving people in your clinic. So at, at this cold stage, it's all about just giving as much value as you can. And then um, once you establish that relationship, they view your content, then it's, it's okay to start marketing to them. But you're not, you don't want to go directly to marriage. It's, like, it's almost like dating. Okay, So at first, Okay. <laughs> we're going for marriage, right? We're going for marriage. We're not going for one night stands. It starts with a really easy date. Maybe we'll go, we'll buy you dinner. It's a free entry offer, low risk. They can come in, get some free food. It's great. But then actually I have a, ha, a diagram for this. So oh, there's perfect. a value, there's a value ladder to this. Okay. So at first, give them as much value as you can. It has to be free, low commitment. Don't just try to sell them on an, an appointment right away. No one wants to come in. Sell them something easy, like an ebook. Ebooks don't really work that well anymore. So you can try doing uh, what works really well right now is digital evaluations. Just get them on a 15-minute Zoom call, and that, that works really, really well. Or even better, have like a three-part mini video series that you can give them to help them solve their own problem. And then once they consume that, then try to get them to come into your clinic. Mm -hmm. It's about taking small, gradual ascension steps rather than just trying to sell them right away. You have to right. build up that relationship as if you would uh, a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Um, and, and if you take that perspective on things, it's a lot, it's much easier to sell. Yeah, and so basically like, just the Facebook is one arm of, of this whole marketing strategy and offer creation, right? Right. right. So, what are some of the other most effective ways that you've seen people market their business, whether it's physical therapy, online, even something else that hadn't, that's not paid advertising. Right. And people, oh, I would, this is one of the things that I make so much content on because I feel bad for how many people just 
put all this money into Facebook or Google because they think that's their only option. My favorite form of marketing is relationship-based marketing. Mm -hmm. And that's, that means referral marketing. But when I say that to PTs, they all think like, oh, I have to go talk to physicians. That's such a small, tiny segment of the people that you can be working with. So instead of putting, if you only have $100 to put into ads, don't put them into ads. Put them into building an actual relationship with, you know, the, the shoe store. You know, if you see a lot of runners, the, per, the person that sells running shoes is a really good person to have a good relationship with. And it's the exact same as when you're marketing or selling to, to clients. There's a value ladder to it. If you initialize that relationship asking for referral they're not going to do it you have to build a genuine real relationship with them and when that happens you can start doing joint offers joint promotions you can refer to one another whatever system works for you and that individual those that's how we grow our our business yeah uh, by far the most effective it's a lot more fun and pts are inherently really good with people so one of the things that are my favorite thing to coach is to teach them how to use the skills they already have which is making friends Right. To use that to build relationships with local businesses because that is the best consistent source of new clients, in my opinion, and obviously has the highest ROI. Yeah. What's the, I mean, what's the number one thing people need to do to approach someone like at the smart, like at the shoe store, you know, gym, what's the thing that you see that they're doing wrong and they should, they should be doing instead. They ask them for a referral. They, They ask them for something. They come into, they start that relationship with it being really obvious that they want something from them, where in reality, they need to go and help their business. You need to give them value just like you do in your marketing. It's value on the front end, get all the returns on the back end. So the best way to start a relationship with any local business that is already has a master list of your dream clients, the best way to enter their world and get them to start helping you is to become their customer. Mm -hmm. So if you buy something of theirs, who do business owners want to help more than anybody? Their customers. Right. So if you want to get in with a CrossFit gym, go join their CrossFit gym. Tell them how much they freaking rock. Make them a video testimonial and then start promoting people to them. And then after you do that, make sure you get like catch whoever you need to build a relationship with. Tell them how amazing they are and that you want to help them. Then ask, how can we help each other? Not how I can help you because that's a one-sided thing. It needs to be two-sided for it to work. And then just shut up <laughs> because then they have to say, they're going to start out by saying, here's all the things you can do for me. Don't say anything. And then out of like awkward silenceness, they're forced to say, okay, here's all the things I can help you. And then that's a micro commitment in their mind and the doors open. And now you can start figuring out, okay, here's how we can uh, start growing each other's businesses. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. <laughs> I like that. How can we help each other? Yeah, that's really great. That's one of the things my coaches saw I me. Mean, that's that the amount of doors that that's open. That one simple question when you're networking, mm-hmm. so powerful. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, well, you definitely did that. You, you, I mean, I see that you do that. I mean, you like came on my lives. You hit the like button a million times, like no one else is doing for some reason. You know, I don't know if it's a. Uh, I was thinking like it was a Nintendo or Sega thing where you have to hit right. the button <laughs> times, and like people who've never played those games don't they just hit the button once? Right, I, and people <laughs> don't know that my like. My philosophy, I guess, is um, I choose my friends very carefully and I grow those relationships by doing the things that I wish people would do for me. Yeah. You know? And that's a really easy way. Like people know how hard the online game is 
And when you do a Facebook live and no one's there and no one's interacting with you, it sucks. So Mm -hmm. I make sure to do those things for the people that I care about and the people I want to build a relationship with. It's really that easy. Yeah. It's incredible, isn't it? It's like, you just got to go like show some love to people and they feel like they need to reciprocate. Yeah. Who would have, who would have thought that, you know, it's, it's, it's such a simple and obvious thing, but people don't realize it because I think it is that simple and obvious. And, but once people start doing it, I mean, I have a, I have a private beta coaching program right now, teaching relationship based marketing. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I started showing them like how to do this, they're already getting like crazy results just by building real relationships with people, not trying to get something from them. Right. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It, you know I mean? Like Coca-Cola never comes to my Facebook lives <laughs> and my house and they're not like, Hey, I mean, no, they'll give me like 10% off or some game. I don't know. I've had one in years, but these big companies, they don't have to do that. Right. right? I mean, right. they kind of do, but they don't really have to. Why not? Because they already have the traffic. They, they don't have to, I mean, they're the big guys on the block. They, they're, they're the most popular kids in school. They don't have to make friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone yeah. wants to come. They're going to come to see them anyways. They just have to remind us where they are. Right. 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 Oh, I got another Dream 100 nugget that uh, yeah. I want to share. Like, if there's someone in your community that you know, if they started promoting you tomorrow, they could blow up your business. Um, if you can't get through to them, one way, one thing that works really, really well is just buy a ton of their stuff and then raffle it off to your community in ads because you're going to get all the diehard fans of that company. Now you have this master email list of all the people anyway, and then you can start marketing to them. And then you already have a relationship with them. They know that you like the same stuff that they like. So if you're, you know, a bike, you you specialize in cycling or Mm -hmm. rowing or, you know, gymnastics, you can give away, like buy a membership and raffle it away to somebody. You know, it's, it, that's a really easy way to build a master list of a business if you can't get through to. Right. Oh, that's such a good one. It's like, yes, yeah, <laughs> if, they, if they're, if they're big leaguing you and they won't give you the time of day, you just go buy their stuff and give it away. And, uh, and, and then, you know, you get people that want their stuff and they're on your email list and they come to see you and they tell them, they're like, Hey, I go to see Dr. LeBauer. Like, exactly. And, and by doing so, you also buy a bunch of their stuff. So they're kind of happy. And that's, that's another way to open the door. You got their email list already, but now you also have another reason to like reach out and ask how we can work together. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, Jordan, what other question uh, didn't I ask you that you think our listeners would benefit from hearing? I think um, what are the best ways to start getting more traffic when I don't have the marketing budget? Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a really, really important one. And um, if you're struggling to get new clients, don't do Facebook, don't do Google. Um, if you haven't done these things first, one, um, build a list, go to the chamber of commerce website, start going through all the different businesses that people buy products or services from before or after your physical, after physical therapy, find all the different possible people within your community that serve the people you're trying to serve and either subscribe to their stuff start learning who they are and start building a relationship. It's a really great thing to do is um, start consuming their stuff, reach out to them, tell them how amazing they are, ask them for an interview. Okay. That's a really, really effective way to get really good content that doesn't put all the pressure on you to come up with good content because mm-hmm. they're the ones talking and that builds a really good relationship and that opens the door to like, how can, how can we help each other? Now that's a really easy way to get the dream 100 rolling and start getting referrals that way. The other thing, is uh, focusing on uh, local SEO. 
And a lot of people get scared of SEO because all the SEO agencies like to use big words and make it sound complicated when reality it's easier today than it ever was. So um, what I'm doing for you, and I, we're going to talk about uh, the local SEO stuff I did for you because you can already see a, a big uptick in all the uh, people finding your listing and stuff. But, but what people need to do is find all the top listing sites for the physical, ther physical therapist and physical therapy clinic business categories in Google and start listing your business on every single one of them, name, address, phone number. And that, that's basically how Google ranks who shows up in what's called the Google map pack mm -hmm. it's the box at the very top of Google when people do local search. So just by listing your business on all of those listing sites, there's 34 primary big ones for physical therapy clinics. Just by listing yourself on all those, you can get an insane boost and the amount of people finding your business, getting traffic to your website, and how many calls you get. Yeah. We had, um, this is actually, this is amazing. Uh, I was, I, this, I uh, reached out to this guy to get a video testimonial, but um, he came to us for Facebook and Google ads because he was desperate for, for new clients. He brought on a new therapist, wasn't able to fill their schedule, and he was kind of freaking out. And we told him like, Facebook and Google ads aren't what you need right now. You just need more traffic, and there's a lot easier ways to do it. So we went and listed his business on, you know, all the sites he wasn't already listed in. And he went from getting an average of 60 calls a month, jumped up to 90 <laughs> within three months just by listing on these sites. And so that, that's pure ROI. He didn't have to pay for ads. There's no ad spend. He just listed his, listed his business on the sites that Google checks when they're, when it's determining how to rank uh, the search and now he, he didn't end up, he didn't need to start doing Facebook or Google because he was getting enough new clients that he didn't need to do it anymore. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Very our, easy stuff. Yeah. Our writing blog posts and, uh, you know, YouTube videos and things like that, are those still helping with you like the Google search or is that, you yeah. know, different? Like, is the algorithm different these days or? You know. it, it definitely helps. Um, that's more traditional SEO where it's not within the, um, the Google three pack, which is mm -hmm. you know, on the top of Google. Um, but obviously optimizing your website for specific keywords, it helps a ton. But if you're in a community that has a bunch of really big uh, organizations like hospitals that have been doing SEO for a really, really long time, yeah. you're going to fight a really long and expensive uphill battle that odds are you're not going to win. You might move up in a couple of pages and a couple of ranks, but you're going to spend an insane amount of money with an agency, a heck of a lot of time and have a lot of headaches trying to win that battle. But if you play the Google map SEO, yeah, uh, it's a lot easier game to win and it's giving small businesses that don't have a big budget, uh, the upper hand on all these big yeah, guys. That's awesome. Even in big towns like San Diego, Phoenix, Atlanta, DC. Right. Because if you're, how, how it works is basically it's, it works kind of like, um, uh, a bouncer, right? So every single some time someone does, you know, physical therapy near me, Google turns around to everyone that's in the club, asks who knows this guy. It's asking all those different listing agencies, and it, the more people that are already in the club raising their hand that I know this guy, the higher you rank. And most of these big businesses aren't listed anywhere. Yeah. Wow. So easy way for small guys to get on the very top of Google. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, and then also the reviews on your listing. Does that do it and like push you up and down as well or? Right. So, so there's three, three ways that Google uh, goes through to decide whether or not you get into that three pack. It's one, your Google authority, which is how many sites 
are basically referring you, mm -hmm. uh, how many reviews you have, not just how many, how frequently and how consistently you're getting them. If they're older than a month, then Google doesn't even care. So mm -hmm. you need to get them frequently, consistently, and they need to be five stars. So to take a look at that, then of course it's proximity to the search because it's all local search based. So th those are the core things that it looks for. The other thing that's really, really important, but um, you know, it's harder to work with is how much um, direct traffic your website gets. So how many people actually type in your URL to go there? So the, uh -huh. more, people you, the more people you have going there and the more reviews you get on a consistent basis, how many listen sites you're on, uh, that, that, that's what determines your rank. Awesome. And one more question about that is what if, let's say I had a mobile physical therapy practice, how do I get on Google maps? Right. So you, you, you can still list service areas and there's different uh, listing sites that uh, don't require an address. So it's still very easy to get yourself within that, within that map pack. Um, you just got to know the difference between the different kinds of listing sites that you should be on. Yeah. Now would I go and get a, like a PO box somewhere and use that address to get on these listing sites and, you know, post office or UPS, or is there a preference there? So you'll, you, you're not supposed to, it's against Google's policies. And I do know people that have submitted it and Google didn't catch it. So they allowed it. So it, it does, it does help. If you have a physical address, you have an advantage. No mm -hmm. question, no doubt about it. Um, so I, I don't recommend putting a PO box or a UPS um, spot because they will flag you and you will get penalized for it. Um, but if you already got accepted, uh, I would just ride it out. Yeah. So <laughs> what do you do? I mean, you just don't put your PO box. Like if I go to City Search or Yelp, I just you know I don't put like a physical address on there. Right. Right. So you can list your home address. And uh, there, there's a way to put an address, but then not have it show on your listing. So that helps a lot as well. Um, but typically you just put uh, the city or uh, zip codes that you are willing to serve. And then mm -hmm. Google can work with that as well. Cool. So how are all these, how are all these like individual physical therapists showing up on Google? You know, because like I'll type in physical therapist to check my listing, which is you know usually at the top, uh, right. depending on where I'm searching. But it's uh, you know, but it'll have like so-and-so Jones PT and so-and-so Jennifer PT. And, you know, I'm like, how are they like, like they're not going and listing themselves. So like, how do they show up? Right. So usually it's because they are on a, a database on multiple databases where their name just keeps showing up. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it has to do with proximity as well. So they'll have um, th these listing sites will have their name, will have their clinic and have an address. And there's so many of them. So um, if, if you're, close to the address that they're listing, that's how they're getting pulled up. Yeah. But they, in general, you know, people aren't going to click on them and it's not something we really need to worry about. Yeah. So the thing is, it's like a lot of, a lot of people don't list themselves on these directories or on these other sites because they say, well, no one's ever like going to use this website that I've never heard of and find me. It's not about people finding you through those listing sites. It's about Google scanning the entire internet for references of you. Right. So it's not about people, if people use it or not, it's about yeah. Google finding you in more places. Cool. Is DMOS still a thing? Is yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. There's so many. Um, Cause I had to apply to get on there like 10 years or 12 years ago. Some of them are really, really a pain to get on. That's why we, we do it. We, we use like a tool to do it because working with the moderators is a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Especially yellow pages, yellow pages is really tough too. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, SEO has changed a lot and um, it sounds like it's, there's more tools to make it easier and it's a little bit more straightforward. 
I think the one mistake that I made, I didn't even know this at the time. I want to just make sure we point it out to everyone is that your address has to be written the same way. Yeah. Every time. Like yeah. if, if it's drive, don't put DR sometimes and DRIVE other times because that'll mess you up. Right. Right. Exactly. They're called NAP errors, name, address, and phone number. So it, it, it's so incredibly exact. It's, it's really annoying. You'd think Google would be smarter about it. But if, for instance, you have LLC at the name of your business on Google, but then you don't on Facebook, Google actually penalizes you for it. Like mm -hmm. you get docked points uh, for doing that. So you need to make sure if your phone number has parentheses, it needs to have it across all your listings. If you're using the abbreviation for Boulevard, then you need to use it across all your listings. Otherwise, even though you have a hundred of them, if they're wrong in every single spot, Google doesn't care. And it's technically a different business in the eyes of Google. Right. Wow. That's awesome. And you know, the, the amazing thing is, is for years, I've been like asking people, like you know, in a room full of businesses who here has claimed that, you know, has a Google business listing, you know, and it's still less than half, even this year when I've surveyed people, less than half of so people. So much traffic they're losing. Listing. I know. Uh, so the information you just shared with us is like incredibly valuable for people. And if you need to, you know, press rewind and <laughs> again, because you know, it's like one of the number one things that uh, people are missing. Absolutely. Right. And it's right. free. It just takes a little bit of time. One big thing that yeah. you got, if you don't have Google My Business, none of this freaking matters. You, mm -hmm. you can't get in the Google Map Pack, top of Google, unless you have Google My Business, because that's the directory it uses to decide who gets to go in there. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you have that. Awesome. <laughs> so, um, Jordan, uh, if someone wants to get in touch with you or learn more about you, where do we find you online or social media, internet? -wise? So the best way is to connect with me through Instagram or Facebook. We do have a private Facebook group, Marketing Strategies for Physical Therapists. And uh, we're, we give every, every single thing that we do, we teach everyone how to do it. There's, there's no, you know, uh, no wall or barrier, no secrets that we keep. We want people to know how to do these things because we want everyone to be successful. So uh, I highly recommend going be a part of that group. There's a lot of really valuable resources in there and a lot of great people that just love helping one another. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's probably the best way. All right. And if someone wants to get a copy of your Facebook ad example thing, is, should they just go to the group to get it or? Yeah. So you, you can, uh, everyone that joins a group gets a copy. Um, so it's a thousand plus physical therapy ad examples for inspiration and to figure out like how you should structure your ads. And it has uh, like, 20 different categories like back pain, neck pain, shoulder pain, workshops. So ads for everything that you could ever possibly run on Facebook. Uh, completely free resource. It's like 360 pages. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, you can go join the group, get it for free, or you can just message me and uh, I'll give it to you that way. Cool. What, the name of the group again was? Marketing Strategies for Physical Therapists. Cool. And we'll put a link uh, to that in the show notes. So if you're listening on when you're driving, just go to the blog and when you get somewhere safe and we'll link you up there. Uh, Jordan, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate you spending some time with us today. Oh, the pleasure's all mine, man. Like I said, been a fan for a really long time and really, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to let me on here. Awesome. Well, um, for the cash PG lunch hour, uh, this is Aaron LeBauer and Jordan Mather and, uh, go crush some, uh, marketing <laughs> <laughs> right out. Know, like get out there and ask questions and get value first and have fun with it yeah and have fun with too it. serious have fun with it yeah no, we're, all right we'll see you guys on the next show hey what's up it's aaron real quick if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it 
this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint. Because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And when you get your copy, give me a shout out somewhere on social media, and we'll talk to you soon.